This is Everyday Chemistry. My name is Megan Larson. I am a certified high school chemistry teacher, a mom of four kids, and a lifelong nerd. This is five minutes bouncing around in my brain to see how I notice and use science to explain the everyday things around me. Hope you enjoy. Here's an experiment. Try to pronounce various words with the emphasis on a deferent syllable. Did you catch that? Yeah, those are real words. They should mean the same thing. And I guess technically they do, but it sounds so strange when you say it that way. Here's another one. Drop one word from a song. Row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. If you're a musician, you're cringing and not just at my singing voice. It's terrible to not get back down to the tonic at the end of a song. So these are little ways we play with language, but do they apply to science? Of course, science has its own fair share of words that we pronounce in different ways. And most of the time, the different pronunciations or sometimes even spellings are totally fine. If you look on a British periodic table, it spells a couple of elements different than an American one. Aluminium is an important one, but other things like cesium. On the British periodic table, cesium, there's an extra A. There's also a lot of words like tomato, tomato that you really can pronounce however you want, like homogeneous or homogeneous. I like contemplative instead of contemplative, but that's not really a science word. What I'm really talking about here, though, are things that, while you might technically not be wrong, call attention to you as an amateur scientist. Things that show that you might not really know what you're talking about. My most favorite example, degrees Kelvin. So let's talk about Kelvin. Kelvin, capital K, named after Sir Lord Kelvin, is a temperature scale that was invented to get rid of the zero and negative problem that we get with Celsius. With Celsius, zero degrees Celsius is the freezing point of water, which is a really handy and easy to remember number. The problem is there are so many compounds that get way colder. Even water gets colder than zero. So there's a whole range of negative numbers. And while I can handle a negative temperature, when I have to plug that into a math problem and now I have a negative mass, I don't really know how to explain that. The Kelvin system of measurement, which just slides the Celsius scale over by about 273 degrees. 273.15 degrees, if you want to be more precise. That means that zero is the absolute lowest you can ever go, and in fact, it's called absolute zero. There's a common misconception that at zero, there would be no motion. If there's no motion, our entire universe would collapse. So there is still motion, but there's no more molecular motion at zero Kelvin. What that means is that the electrons are still moving and spinning and the atoms are still interacting with each other, but that the molecules are basically frozen in place. 
It's a theoretical temperature, though a lot of research teams can get very, very, very close under very specific conditions, but we can't actually get to zero Kelvin. All of that is a sidetrack from what I really want to say is that while we say degrees Fahrenheit or degrees centigrade or degrees Celsius, we don't say degrees Kelvin. I happen to love this because if you are typing or using a computer, that degree sign is annoying. It's not on a standard keyboard. So having to put a degree sign in is kind of a pain. When you use Kelvin, no degree sign. You don't have to add it. That's just one way I know an amateur scientist. That doesn't mean they aren't right or they don't know what they're talking about. But if you put a degree symbol in front of your capital K Kelvin, you're basically sending out a warning light to everybody that you are just starting to learn science. It's like pronouncing words with the emphasis on a different syllable. It kind of works, but it sounds weird and everybody's going to look at you strange. On a related note, let's talk about English words that have a different meaning in a science context. You could call them double meaning words, like calorie. Yeah, you know what a calorie is, but when I measure a calorie, it's not quite the same thing. In fact, the calorie that you're reading about on your food label is 1,000 times the calorie I'm measuring in my lab. Here's another unit of energy, a joule. Nope, I don't mean a diamond or even an emerald, my personal favorite. It's a unit of energy. Now, when I say energetic, I don't really mean your personality. Same with spontaneous. Nope, not what you usually would mean. Sublime. I literally mean to take a solid directly to the gas phase while skipping the liquid. I don't know if you'd say that sublimation is sublime, but I guess you could. I do like dry ice. It makes an excellent natural fog machine. A lawyer may take a deposition, but a scientist would say that deposition is when a gas deposits directly into the solid phase without becoming a liquid. This is extremely useful in technology to do microcircuitry, like those microchips in your computer or your cell phone. When I talk about activity, I don't mean your fitness routine. And precipitation, not a measure of rainfall. Again, these are just some examples of chemistry words, science words, that do not mean the same thing when you're understanding them as a scientist. If you really want to talk about strange language things, you have to talk about idioms. These are phrases that you say in one language that don't really translate well to another, but people who speak your language seem to understand what you mean. I've been taking Italian lessons for almost a year now, and an interesting one came up the other day. In English, you would say you are a bookworm, meaning you just devour all the books you see, which doesn't actually mean to eat, but to read a lot. I guess that makes sense in English. It came up in my Italian lesson, and in Italian, you would say you are un topo in biblioteca, meaning a mouse in the library. I guess that makes just as much sense. Thanks for listening. I hope you found something interesting in this episode. If you've got a suggestion or a science question or just something you want to share with me, 
Feel free to find me on Twitter at Larson Chemistry. That's L-A-R-S-E-N Chemistry.